0: Welcome back to the Thermo Diet Podcast. Today, we've got a fun episode for you guys where we are joined by Matt Hayes or Matthew Hayes. Which do you prefer? Uh, Matt's good. Either way. Sounds good. Matt is a member of the customer service team and he's a product expert on the team. And this is going to be a really fun conversation. We'll pick his brain and see where it goes. So how are you doing today, Matt? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Not too bad. Good day. Good way to start off the week. Definitely. So how'd you get introduced to Chris and like the thermo diet and umzu and all that fun stuff?
1: Yeah. So, uh, like I would say it kind of started off like end of my like high school career, like my senior year, I started getting into like, kind of like nutrition and health, but like had no idea, like basically just like anything but the standard American diet and just kind of realizing like, all right, the food we eat impacts, like how you feel on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I started off kind of from like the paleo, like low carb, kind of perspective. um, And just like listening to a lot of gurus didn't really like have any good understanding of like hormonal health or micronutrients or anything. Um, And then, yeah, I don't know exactly how I stumbled upon Chris. I think maybe it was like Kino body. Uh, I remember reading his articles on like anabolic men, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But um, like that, just stuff, it all started to make sense to me. And especially as I was just kind of like, all right, micronutrients, like understanding, like what, what are those even do in the body and things like that, which before, I just kind of blindly followed people and just kind of got caught up in like the sugars poison, like kind of dogma. Um, but yeah, then I just got introduced to, to Chris um, and like the Thermo Diet um, and just that kind of whole like bioenergetic theory way of eating. Uh, and then from mm-hmm. there, like just got introduced to Pete. I just saw his name kind of getting thrown around a lot. So just kind of like started looking up YouTube videos going on the Ray Pete form. Uh, and, yeah, that's basically like kind of how it went down for me. <laughs>
0: nice what was your motivation in getting into nutrition
1: um so i mean really it was just kind of like I, I say like i probably started off with just like getting into like self-development and i just like thought it was cool like okay like you know you can like learn to like do anything or like be a certain way and then just like health and nutrition is kind of like a big part of that like if you want to like have like really good energy throughout the day like a big part of that is going to be how you feel so that kind of put me down the rabbit hole and then once i started like start there like i just get obsessed with stuff really easily so just kind of going down the nutrition rabbit hole which like is huge like you could just you know spend like five lifetimes just to, like tip of the iceberg on that so yeah that's kind of like what started it but like a big part too was like i've always been pretty skinny so i was like all right i want to like you know gain some muscle and like what do i like had no idea what to do like obviously work out but what do i eat like how much do i eat like really like didn't have any guidance. So, I I mean, the internet is great because you can just like Google anything and figure it out. So that's kind of like where I started.
0: Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse because there's an infinite amount of information, but there's also an infinite amount of information. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to weave through it, especially when you don't like have that like initial like background or don't even know where to go. It's it's really hard. I, I definitely feel for people that like get confused with all the different like diets and like different takes on things they see.
0: I mean, you kind of need a guru, right? At some point. I mean, even if the guru is a textbook, it's uh, just something that you f- use to formulate a baseline. But I can definitely understand you see so many people going from diet to diet to diet to diet. So it makes a lot of sense in that regard, like unless you have the underlying background. And even if you do have the underlying background, people tend to find themselves in
1: some sort of tribe usually. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So
0: how long have you been in working for Umzu?
1: Um, so let's see, I started November, 2020, so like a little over two years.
0: Nice. How's it been? <laughs>
1: it's been great, dude. I I love the company. Like I just couldn't even like dream of working for an awesome company. And like, obviously like everything that we like put out all our products and all our content, like I'm all on board for it. So it just makes it like really fulfilling to see like we're helping people and like going through the reviews and stuff. Just like we're actually like making a change in people's lives. So like just makes that even better.
0: Yeah, it is a fun company to work for, for sure. So as a member of the CS team and uh, filling my shoes as the uh, the first product expert, <laughs> what what is your favorite, most best and worst part of being on the CS team? Or you can be more specific and say product expert.
1: Yeah, so definitely best part is like talking to customers that like started the Thermo diet and they're like seeing great results or like they started taking our product and they're like, this is like changed my life. Like that stuff, it's like okay, that's just awesome that you know we like kind of help facilitate that or like at least gave someone like the knowledge to like go deeper. So all that stuff's great. And then obviously, like any customer service facing role, like the negatives, like t- people that just you know they don't really want to put the effort into like understanding our products or just like just kind of write it off and like oh this didn't work for me, mm-hmm. and even though we like we always try our best to like help people like understand like why a product might not work like. You know, every every supplement is going to affect everyone differently. Everyone's body is, has all these different um, things going on, so like we can't. Not every supplement company is going to formulate a perfect product for everyone. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, I'd say in general, like a lot of our customers are great in that, like they will like take our feedback, like hey, like you know, maybe look into this or check out the Thermo Diet and maybe add some of this, uh, and they'll do it. But then, yeah, I mean, the, the worst part are just people that are just like, nope. I don't want anything to do with your company anymore. And it's like, uh, ah, because, you know, you could like help them, but it's, you know, they're on their own health journey. So for sure. I mean, if you
0: think about pharmaceuticals not working for a huge portion of the population and they're like specifically drugs, like chemicals made to do that, we're using natural supplements and trying to get the same effects or people are expecting the same effects. It's hard to match that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like supplements are powerful. Like, you know, not to downplay supplements or anything, but like, yeah, they can't fix everything. So too. like uh, we don't always have like a lot of information on like why were you taking the product like what is your you know health goal and things mm-hmm. like that so sometimes that's hard to just to you know kind of help the customer like get what they want when you don't even know like where they're coming from
0: so going off that what are your biggest takeaways from working in CS both maybe as a person just in general day-to-day life but also as someone that's really into nutrition
1: um yeah I mean for like especially for like Umzu, I'd say definitely like from nutrition perspective Um, like trying to meet people where they are, if you're trying to like help somebody, like, you know, just kind of like, if someone's just like, Hey, I want to, you know, support my testosterone production. Uh, if we just throw everything, like all our content about testosterone, everything at them, like that's going to be super overwhelming and it might just kind of turn them off a little bit. Um, so like just meeting people where they are, if someone's already like kind of into like the thermo diet and like that, like, you know, maybe go more deep. Um, and if they're not like, you know, just take those like baby steps, same with like weight loss and things like that. Like there's small steps you can take. Um, so I think from like the, like product expert role, like definitely understanding that, like at first I was like super eager to just be like, Hey, check out like the thermal diet, check out this stuff. And just know like that didn't really resonate with a lot of people at first. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, as just like a a person. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, some people it's just like impossible to make happy and you can't like let a bad experience with a customer to, like ruin your day or anything um and you know obviously like the way that like you show up to a customer like if you as long as like you're happy you know that's usually going to like help them to like kind of be in a similar uh state so i feel like that's just you know communicating like definitely big things for sure
0: yeah i've had that experience recently a lot with uh social media i got some uh negative feedback on the video on friday but so got to take it with a grain of salt. Also got to, you know, it's, it's good to be humbled every once in a while. Yeah, definitely. Biggest takeaways. What are your, the most common questions you can get, we'll start with? We'll go a couple back and forth and we'll start with one that you hate.
1: Like how long does it take to see the benefits, I guess, of the product? Cause that's mm. just such a, it's like, it's like a lot of times we'll get that too. And it's just like in general, like they're just saying of the, of your products, like how long does it take? And it's like, well, like why are we talking about miracle morning, which is like, you're going to mm. feel the caffeine, like within an hour probably, or are we talking about like Testrox, Thyrite, where, you know, those like have a compounding effect in the body. Um, yeah, that's just, to me, it's just like, I don't know, there's so much context that needs to be added to that. And then on top of that, every individual person's different. So like, how are we, you know, like, how are we going to just be able to answer this question? Like, cause you want to give them like a real answer, but, yeah. um, so then it's just like, you know, you have to just kind of explain all of these things to somebody when they just ask a simple question. Uh, we just get it a lot. And, you know, I just wish it was like easier to like explain it to somebody mm-hmm. without having to like do like a long paragraph.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things you just get asked over and over and over again. And there's never a better answer. Really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite question to get asked or one of your favorites?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I really like when people ask like super specific things or like, just like, uh, questions that like, are like definitely like things that I would probably ask. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like, you know, how, um, I guess I'm just trying to think of something off the top of my head. Like, can I take like, uh, Testro X together with like daily magnesium? Like I can understand their thought process. Cause like Testro X contains some magnesium and then daily magnesium is just like a magnesium supplement. So like things like that, where, like, I I don't know, I, I just kind of like a little more trickier and like can kind of give them some insight. Like, yeah, you could take them both together, like kind of mm. break down the RDA for magnesium for most people is like 400 milligrams, which is like a full serving of daily magnesium. And then Testrox has like 150 milligrams. And like you could, you know, you could go over if you want. And like, it's like just kind of breaking down all those variables. I like that because I just feel like, you know, I can kind of just like flex like, okay, like this is more like in-depth nutrition stuff that I'm into. Um, so anything that's like a little more specific, definitely. And you
0: can give a really solid answer. Even if you don't give a, let's say answer, you can give much more general guidelines that will lead them to a conclusion versus like, yeah, like this might work right away or this is going to work in three weeks. There's no launch date for when it's going to hit you for most of our supplements, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And like really with anything, like you couldn't, you know, no supplement company is going to be like, we guarantee you that you're going to feel it after two weeks and five mm-hmm. days. Like that's the day you'll feel it. it's like no one knows. Cause every like body is going to be like a little different.
0: Cool. What other questions do you guys get a lot in CS? Um,
1: uh, I see definitely a lot. Like, um, how, like, how can I lose weight? Which is mm-hmm. just like, just a general question. Sometimes it's, they're asking like, what products do you have for weight loss? Or, you know, they're just coming to us cause they just maybe saw like our content and they're just asking in general, like, how can I lose weight? Which that's also like a tough question to just answer in like a single email or like on a single phone call because it's such a big question and it's like there's so many different factors involved into it. but I do feel like it is like an important like question that like people definitely have like problems with like they' they're looking for answers. so uh, I definitely like kind of push people towards like check out the thermo diet but also like break down you know if you want to lose weight like it's gonna come down to a calorie deficit there's ways that you can achieve a calorie deficit, but like at the end of the day, that's where, how you're going to get weight loss Um, just to give people like a starting point. But yeah, I love seeing people that like take that and then, you know, they'll reach out a week later and say like, okay, like I kind of figured out like what my maintenance calories are. This is how much I'm eating. And then like come back to us and like, keep doing that and then they're like oh can i try like Zuburn, will it help me a little bit and it's like yeah it can help like give you a little edge maybe for weight loss but like they're putting the work in and then mm-hmm. like seeing them actually like lose weight like that's just so cool to me like just to see that we had like that impact on somebody
0: that is definitely very cool very profound to have some kind of direct impact like that and yeah zoo is an interesting one too because you know i do think it works but it doesn't work in the sense that like someone thinks like, oh, it's going to take Zuburn and you know, you're going to shred fat.
1: Exactly. It's,
0: it's like eating an, you know, you're, you're getting an extra apple or maybe a cookie in there. And that can translate to, you know, moving, having to move less or basically allowing you to eat more while still being in a deficit. So it's an interesting thing where it's like it does work, but it probably doesn't work the way most people want it to work.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it's all about the like intention you're going into it. Like if you're taking it and you're just not changing your lifestyle at all. And like your goal is like, I got to lose 30 pounds. You know, you might not see the effects of it, but if you go into it, you're like, all right, like, you know, I'm going to try to be in a calorie deficit. I'm going to like set up my life like this. I'm going to maybe go hit the gym three days a week. And then you take it. It's like, then you'll see like probably a lot more benefits and it might be like a lot better than if you hadn't take it, if you're still doing those other things.
0: For sure. I mean, I think it's, it's like, uh, I like to say supplements or the icing on the cake, you know, exactly. typically they're not going to make or break anything. So t- times they can, just like, you know, drugs can, but typically they're going to be sprinkles on top and help you to reclaim your health and get back to a healthy state.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs>
0: Are there any other uh, common questions you wanted to walk through? Um, or we yeah, can I mean, dive a little bit more into fat loss too, if you want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I think fat loss would be really cool. I, I just recently saw like an article and it was like by the by 2030, it's estimated that like 50% of like the US population uh, is going to be obese, which to me, that's just like crazy. Like that's that's a huge like epidemic we have. If like 50% are going to be not just overweight, but obese, like that's mm-hmm. like a standard deviation above being overweight. Yeah. Um, so what is yeah. your
0: your solution to that?
1: I mean, I feel like that's, it's so multifaceted. Like there's not like a one single solution, but I mean, we know well, the, pro- like, the problem. Yeah. My proposal. All right. So we know the problem probably just due to overconsumption of like calories. And like, we mm-hmm. live in like the modern day world where you can just go to the grocery store and like for $5, you can probably get like 10,000 calories of like potato chips or, you know, like super cheap, highly processed food that tastes good that you're just going to want to keep eating because it's like the perfect amount of like carbs, fat and salt. So, I mean, obviously, like that's probably where the issue is, is like people don't one, they don't even know how much calories are in the food they're eating. Then they're eating those things, which are just super easy to overeat. So, I mean, I think, yeah, it would be great if everybody could like go through like three months of like tracking their calories Mm -hmm. and just getting an understanding of like, yeah, if you're going to eat those potato chips, like, you know, the cost of it. So, you know, like it's going to cost me like 400 calories. Uh, And then you can kind of just like use that to like gauge how you're going to go about your day. And once you do it for like a couple months, you'll just kind of inherently know, like have this kind of budget already in your head. The same thing, like for finances, like if you want to have like a budget, you just kind of like draw it out, you follow it. And then you don't necessarily need to like be specific every single day. Like I can't go to Starbucks and have a coffee. Because it's not like I don't want to spend $5. You just like kind of inherently know. Like that's yeah. it's in my budget or it's not. Same thing with calories, I feel like.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I do, I'm not gonna say disagree, but I digress a little bit in the aspect that I don't really think, you know, I think it's good practice for everyone to have track their calories, but I don't really think like we should have track our calories. I just, yeah, I would
1: I would say like we don't have to track our calories like on a daily basis, but I think it's just like that's one tool that we sure. should utilize to get people to just understand because just like, um, like for my example, my dad's like trying to lose some weight. He, I'm like, how many calories? Like, do you think you roughly eat? And he has no clue. So mm-hmm. I like get him to start tracking. And he's like, okay, I'm eating like 2,700 calories a day. And I'm like, okay, like now start tracking and eat like 2,500 and like he wasn't eating a lot of protein. So like up your protein a little bit. Um, and then like, you know, maybe up your carbs and lower your fat. So he like inherently has to kind of change the way yeah. like the foods he eats um, and without even saying like eat more of this or less of that. Then he also too like kind of understands the composition of the food. I think that's like where all the valuable lessons are in there. Um, but then, yeah, like, I mean, he doesn't need to do that for the rest of his life. But uh, too like if you have like a specific weight loss goal, at least for me, I feel like or a weight gain goal, like sometimes mm-hmm. that's like the best way because you can just get like meticulous, but you don't need to like obsess over it. But um for just sure. to get on track and like make sure you're kinda like staying consistent.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I and I completely agree. I just don't think that it might be feasible for every, you know, 50% of the population to track their calories. And my point to that is that I don't think we should necessarily need to track calories in the aspect that if we were eating better foods, that we'd probably be able to burn more calories. I think a lot of those, you know, the highly unsatiating you know, I, I made a post about this a while back. No one has gotten fat ever from eating too much fruit. And that's kind of a joke. Like it's probably happened, but like no one has really, you know, just slammed too many blueberries and was like, Oh, you know, what? I can't make it down the stairs right now. My back hurts. Like I gained 30 pounds.
1: No, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, the, uh, the other option is everybody just, we just get rid of processed food and everybody eats like whole foods. I feel like that's just inherently going to solve probably the problem too mm-hmm. but I think where the problem is like from like a like psychological standpoint is like there's no way we're ever going to get rid of all the processed yeah. food, so we have to kind of to me it's like show people like why we don't want you to eat processed food it's not just like because the food like obviously most of it is kind of inherently bad because there's it's just devoid of nutrients and everything yeah. but um and the like that's a whole nother topic like micronutrient density is really what you should be eating for. Um, but you kind of will just like show them like, this is kind of like how much you're paying, how many calories you're paying for like a bag of potato chips mm-hmm. versus like a banana. Then they can kind of make that conclusion themselves. Uh, it, yeah, So I feel like that's, that's kind of like my perspective, at least or my take on it.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think that's something I've been thinking about as well. I'll, when I was asked how to, I would describe the thermo diet, I think on Saturday, and, you know, I don't think it's a good answer to say it's a high carb, moderate fat, moderate protein diet, you know, because it doesn't really encompass what the thermo diet is about. And I think a useful means of defining the thermo diet or the repeat diet or whatever you want to call it, would be a diet aimed towards maximizing nutrient density, is which is what you were just alluding to. And thinking about foods in terms of nutrient density is a very good practice. Uh, how would you describe the thermo diet?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's basically how I would, I would describe it too, is like, there's only so many foods, like you can probably say fit into your like daily diet. So like, if you're trying to optimize your health and be like healthy, which I mean, we don't like necessarily define, like a lot of people don't really define what healthy is, but from a diet perspective, I would say like the healthy diet is going to be the diet that has the most like dense nutrients in it or the most like nutrients without any like thing that's going to be like harming it. So it's just like kind of the thermo diet and what makes like, like what made it appeal to me is like, we're just kind of looking at each food or food group and going like, okay, these are nutrient dense. They don't have like anti-nutrients or phytic acid or something that's going to mm-hmm. like make it so your body can't absorb those nutrients. So like they're act- you're actually getting the nutrients from it or like say like harmful things in the food too that, you know, you just don't want to get in for other reasons. Um, and then we're just saying like, these are kind of like our top, like get 80% of your food from these foods. Um, there's obviously like a lot more to it, but yeah, I mean, just like a micronutrient dense diet is probably the best like way to describe it. That's how I describe it to like everybody. Like I just eat for micronutrient density versus like anything else.
0: That's a great way of looking at it. You're ahead of me. I just thought of that recently. <laughs> so you brought up another good point. And that's one of my favorite things to talk about. I, I've started asking every guest on this podcast this question. And it's my favorite article I've I've ever wrote, I think. What does it mean to be healthy to you?
1: Yeah, so I think like I've I've thought about this a lot because I mean, coming from like a, a like a low carb kind of keto paleo perspective, when I didn't really have like much of a like idea of like what like the full body like kind of was, like what, what happened in the body with like the food you eat and things like that, I was really just kind of like blindly following people that were like sugar is toxic because it spikes insulin and insulin causes you to gain fat and causes diabetes. Like, that's kind of just like what, like, I was just like, yeah, okay. That's how it goes, which I mean, it sounds great in theory. Like, it's like, okay, this makes sense. But like, there's so much missing from the context of that. Mm -hmm. Like there's like, I mean, we could probably sit here and talk hours about why like that doesn't make sense. Um, but like at the end of the day, like what healthy is, should obviously one be like absence of like disease, uh, which is pretty like normal. I feel like that's kind of like what the mainstream take is, is just absence of disease. But then also just like, you know, everything should be kind of optimized in a perfect world. It might be impossible to achieve like fully optimized, like hormonal health and micronutrient status. Cause like things are always going to be changing. You're going to have different stress levels and things like that. So it's not like something that might like be achieved, but like, you know, optimizing all of your body's systems, I would say. Um, I don't think there's like really too, like everything's contextual, like uh, healthy to one person might mean, you know, they weigh like 20 pounds more. um, if they are trying to gain weight healthy to another person might be 20 pounds less uh, or healthy to one person might be like, you know, they have to like, uh, lower their blood pressure and healthy to another person might be you know something completely different. So there's always like kind of context behind it. Like just feel like the direction that everyone's kind of heading is like you know optimizing your like just general like quality of life.
0: Yeah, some of my favorite definitions all revolve around obviously like not being diseased, which and then on top of that, just be, you know having the energy and the let's say acute awareness or the ability. The motivation or your drive or whatever we want to call it to go and do whatever the things you want to do you don't feel like you're stuck on the couch so you, if you decide someone says let's go for a hike you're like all right i'm down or you're like eh, i don't really want to do that i'm gonna pick up this book like, just like general you know the i guess the idea of health is to, you know having the capacity to do the things in life that you want to do and not be hindered by you know your body or your mind
1: yeah like that, that's a great example like I mean I think the reason that like you know we get so into like health and nutrition and like obsess over it is like it's the gateway like everyone at some point in your life like whether you're like on your deathbed or you're just like have like a health scare like health is becomes your main priority at some point like you don't necessarily know when and so you could either you know right now decide like I'm going to make that like my main priority or just wait until it happens but it just is like the gateway to like let you do whatever you want to do in life like if you're healthy and you can, you know, like mobile to go do anything, like you can do like whatever you want in life. But if you're like kind of stuck, like you're bedridden or something like that, like those are the extremes. But yeah, that just like hinders your ability to like live a happy life. So like that's why I think like, you know, everyone gets obsessed with health. And then we sit here and like argue online about like these little minute details that like mm-hmm. don't really matter as much. But at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah, like I want my like health to just be like kind of on the backburn. Um, I mean, I still obsess over it because like, obviously like, it's just like something I'm passionate about. Um, but I want it to kind of be on the back burner and just like, let me be what like, lets me kind of just like live my life and have like a great life.
0: For sure. The more, I also feel the more, let's say the longer I've been thermo, the better I feel in general and the easier it gets. It's uh, just eating that kind of thing. I feel like it has a lot of compounding things. Like, I'm, I look pretty red on camera right now, but I've been tanning this year. I tan way easier than I ever have in the past. Haven't really burned it at all either. Uh, it's also only April. So <laughs> I'm probably gonna be pretty dark by the end of summer if I'm living down the shore. Um, but so you uh and I think that has to do obviously with the saturated fat content of my skin replacing that with the the poofas just from eating a ton of saturated fat. But so did you have any bad experiences when you were on keto slash low carb slash paleo?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of funny because I remember like so I I would say like, I I was probably like, I never went like full keto, you know, I did like a long period of time where I was like, not eating any carbs. But when I started off, I like slowly just kind of was eating less and less carbs. But I was also kind of like coming from like the standard American diet. So like everything felt amazing, like, you know, just eating like whole foods. Um, But what would happen a lot is like days where like sad go out to eat with like friends or family and like, eat, you know, just like a higher carb meal that day, the next day I'd like go to the gym and I feel awesome. And I'd be like, wow, this is great. Like, why do I feel so great? And I'd always think like, could it be the carbs? And then like, you know, you go online and you see like the keto guru, like talking about how it's poison. It's like, nah, it must've been something else. And then just like kind of fully coming around and being like, okay, let me just try like incorporating more carbs into my diet from like fruit or like potatoes or rice. And like, oh, it's definitely just the carbs. Like, what am I doing? Like, why, why haven't I been doing this before? I think that was like a really big thing to me is just like could definitely feel the like depriving myself of
0: like glucose. And since reintroducing carbs, you're fully diabetic, obese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, t- yeah. Okay, cool. Just wanted to clarify. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You now, Kyle Muniz, uh, he's genius bits on Instagram and he came on, he was talking about how when he was keto, he would do, he was doing jujitsu training for that. And after every time he would get a headache and it just wouldn't go away and, and he couldn't figure out why eventually I think he started phasing back carbs and it was like, wow, headaches gone away. And, uh, you know, we were just joking around because, you know, he wasn't training for his marathons hard enough or in fully deep into ketosis. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like you, and if you kind of like blindly follow it, that's might be what you think is just like, Oh, I'm not, you know, not like I'm not in keto ketosis enough. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's wild. Just the, the way that like carbs will make you feel good. Even it's after also like a couple hours.
0: Yeah. It's also interesting in the terms of the self-fulfilling prophecy, because the less you eat carbs, the worse they make you feel mm-hmm. generally. I don't know if you found the same way.
1: Yeah, definitely like trans, like transitioning out of like a low carb diet, like the first, uh, like some days where it would be probably like, I have like, like 150 grams of carbs is like when I'd feel good the next day going from like, you know, probably normally only eating like 80, um, grams of carbs. But yeah, then like trying to like make a big jump to like 300 grams of carbs or something like that, which for me now is fine. But back then, it was definitely like a transition uh, where I just feel like the, all the negative effects that you hear people normally talk about like carbs in uh, kind of that low carb space were like kind of what I would feel. So it is a self-fulfilling prophecy because like obviously your body has to like get used to kind of metabolizing carbohydrates again.
0: Yeah, insulin response, the enzymes that are needed to break that down, all that stuff probably decrease when you're not eating them. So it is interesting. How would you let's say I'm full keto, I message in, say, hey, uh, my thyroid's not feeling great, blah, blah, blah. I have low energy in the gym, low libido, whatever it may be. Matt, how do I best transition to or and what should I best transition to?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely like we, we have so much like content in UMZU Fit. I would probably push them towards like looking at the thermo diet in UMZU Fit. Um, but like more specifically from like a macronutrient standpoint, Uh, they're probably getting a good amount of protein if they're like keto and then everything else is fat and low carb. I'd say like slowly, gradually, kind of increase your carb intake from probably like fruits and things like that, um, and start to like kind of incorporate more of those like thermo-approved fruits. Um, And like over time, you should kind of be able to handle more. Um, But yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna vary too because like some people might be able to transition a lot faster than others. So I would just kind of tell probably like a general guideline um, just to kind of like slowly incorporated instead of just like going from one all the way to the other. Um, Mm -hmm. and just like now you're just like doing like what we, if we normally recommend like maybe 50% of your, uh, uh, calories from carbs, like you might not want to do that if you're full blown keto and then you're slowly transitioning, but like a, a slow process would probably work better. For sure. Is there any nutrient timing recommendations you give for me? Like what worked for me was definitely like more carbs at night. I don't, that's just me. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say what their preference is, but I feel like carbs definitely helped me like sleep better, especially transitioning from like low carb. So if you can position them later in the day, but also uh, like some people, they benefit from like more carbs in the morning. Some people are like kind of more like they just want their protein and fat. Um, So you could play out with that. It's definitely something I think worth, uh, like if someone's doing that, like to kind of play out and see what works for them.
0: Yeah, I generally recommend at night because usually people crash after they start phasing back carbs so that you know will help them sleep better and supply them with glycogen and then uh you could argue in the first thing in the morning, I think sometimes that can help with hit or miss, but post workout generally too, just because they yeah. have such a high insulin sensitivity, so you're generally your most insulin sensitive times, so which would be morning and post workout. And then at night, because it doesn't really matter as much (laughs) just because even if you feel like crap after, you're just going to go to sleep anyway, hopefully.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, definitely post-workout. I remember like transitioning to eating more carbs, like the workout pumps and just like the feeling, muscles like filling out. It's just like you feel great for like workout wise.
0: (laughs) So going thermo um, in general, what have been your biggest takeaways and tips that have allowed you to succeed better or succeed more with the diet?
1: like with the thermo diet, like, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Starting
0: from a keto paleo place or just in general things that tips, hacks that you found to, let's say maybe maintain your weight or gain weight with some muscle or just in general life practices that have allowed you to feel better.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, a big thing like that I did, um, like kind of along with like tracking your calories was, uh, chronometer, which will like, you can plug in, like any whole food is usually in their database and you can get a good like micronutrient profile on it. That's like, that was huge for me because I could just see like, I like obviously following kind of like our thermo food list, which are all like great food recommendations, but just to see like how much of a micronutrient you're getting or not getting is really like beneficial. I think anyone, any diet should like at least test that out and maybe just put in a day just to see what they're eating because Um, then I could kind of see like, okay, maybe I need to get more like B3 need Mm. to like add in these certain foods. And then you can just kind of like look and figure that out. And then once you have like a full day of chronometer where you're like kind of hitting your micronutrient targets, you just kind of feel amazing. Like even before you get there, it's just like, it's, if you feel good and effortless. Um, so that was definitely a big thing to me. Uh, and then also like, I definitely like started to just eat more throughout the day. Um, like even smaller meals, just kind of like having more food throughout the day. I just feel like it had helped me like sustain my energy levels better. Um, And then, yeah, incorporating like quick, easy meals, like some cheese and like fruit or something like that. Those are always just like easy to like get a quick like snack in. Um, For me, it was definitely gaining weight. Like I probably was like 150 pounds when I got into like thermo diet uh, stuff. And now I'm like 180. Um, So it definitely uh, took like a lot more calories. And I feel like I'm somebody who definitely i don't if I don't like think about it, I could just go like a day with like out eating food like it's just not something I think about mm-hmm. or like put as a priority uh now I do, but like in general i I used to not um so definitely like prioritizing like getting in enough calories and feel a lot better uh I'm definitely somebody where like in in kind of like that keto low carb I think a lot of the times where I felt like I had really good energy it was really just stress yeah. like my cortisol is probably just through the roof and I'm just feeling like well, wow, I'm so wide awake but it's like then you can't sleep at night either. So like, then you're getting bad sleep and you just kind of compound effect of stress. That's not really ideal. <laughs> yeah, I was for a long time, a number of years, I was obsessed with Grail
0: Galger, So I was doing intermittent fasting. And at one point I tell the story too much, but I was going to the gym at five. I was working out after, so I was landscaping for the summer. I was working out after landscaping. I was like, dude, I, I feel like crap when I go and work out after landscaping. I also wanted to do jujitsu. So I started waking up at five, going to the gym, landscaping for eight hours, coming home, eating dinner, and then going jujitsu and just repeat five days a week. But I was fasting the whole time until, uh, five o'clock when I got off dinner before I went to jujitsu at six, six 30. So, but, and I felt fine. You feel fine. You just, you know, brag about all the autophagy you're doing. And, and, uh, but I, looking back, I was very reactive, not very chill. Now, yeah. I'm, now I'm zen like a monk. I'm, I'm floating here, not even sitting down.
1: Yeah, it's a different level of like energy when you like, like versus like stress, like you, it's hard to like, it really like kind of explain without feeling it, but like having like, you know, being high energy, that's not stress. It's definitely more of like a Zen. Like you could, like you kind of mentioned earlier, like, yeah, you want to go for a hike? Like, yeah, I could, or I could just kind of sit on the couch and read a book. Uh, But like the mental energy is there and you don't, yeah, you don't feel as reactive to just like, you know, just a random stress or inconvenience or something like that.
0: Yeah. Have you heard Georgie talk about the that rage is largely fueled by a deficit in ATP in the brain?
1: No, but I mean, I, I haven't heard him specifically talk about that, but like, it kind of makes sense. Like, it, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think he said when energy levels are at 80%, which isn't that crazy, right? I mean, you know, I guess you think of the brain very sensitive, very fine-tuned, but 20% dip in energy levels and ATP levels specifically, and you get these... Uh, rage-fueled episodes, which is kind of crazy to think about how much energy impacts the body.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like we kind of all inherently know that too. Like the term like hangry and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like people know, like, you know, if you need food, like energy, uh, like you can get like irritable and like angry. Um, So it's just kind of funny. Like we, we know these things like inherently, like that's kind of just like a normal thing that people like hear. Uh, But we don't necessarily like always like take those same applications to like our like diet uh, and things like that.
0: So when you aren't diving into chronometer, but by the way, I think tracking macros is really boring, but tracking micros is kind
1: of fun. A hundred percent, I I agree a hundred percent with that. I yeah. think like macros is like the baby, the first baby step. Like if you have no understanding of like protein, carbs, fat, and calories counting your macros is like a good like kind of first step to to get used to but once you're like there and you kind of have a good understanding micros it's so much cooler and you can yeah, like yeah. it's just like you can play around with it see like okay today i'm gonna go like eat a lot more of this food to get more of a certain micronutrient yeah, yeah i definitely agree
0: you're like wait wait what foods have copper in it oh this is cool i didn't know this oh wait uh you know magnesium oh i can get that from there oh i had no idea. like that that becomes fun because you start learning about food more so than I guess like the, the energy intake of the food, which is generally, I feel like most people have some sort of awareness of, you know, what's fat, what's carbs, what's protein. Yeah. And you know, some foods are fattier than others, but when you get into like the, the nuanced stuff, it's really where it gets fun in my opinion and it grows as well. So when you're not tracking your macros going for uh, getting your copper levels up, what are your favorite things to research?
1: I've been big in like AI just, oh, yeah. I, I think that's really interesting. Just like the, all the applications of that, that's not really health related, but yeah, I think that's just, I mean, I I just love playing around with all these like new AI, like models, uh, like chat GPT and stuff mm-hmm. like that.
0: Yeah. They freak me out.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of wild. Uh, it is I just like, I'm just like somebody who like, as soon as um, I see something like that, I'm like, okay, I need to understand it. Like, you know, like same with like health concepts. I'm like, all right, I need to understand and just go down like a deep rabbit hole. Um, so like, yeah, that's something like in right now I'm just kind of mm-hmm. into like just another Interesting
0: for sure. What do you think about Chat GPT?
1: I think it's cool. Like, I mean, I think it definitely is like really powerful, but like there's definitely a lot of limitations to it. Yeah. Um, so there's like, I think there's gonna be a lot of cool things like built with the, their like um, language model, but I don't know. It's like, it's hard to say. Like people are like saying, uh, AI, like taking people's jobs, like right now, at least the current state of like GPT, I think there's still always going to need to be somebody who's just like using it maybe to be a little more productive, but, Mm. um, I don't know. I've had to try to like, give me a meal plan and it like, would, I'd say like, I don't want to eat, like, I don't want nuts or legumes. And then it's like, add a handful of almonds in there. And I'm like, no nuts or legumes. So it's like, kind of, it's not like perfect or anything like that. Um, But it's definitely really interesting. I think it definitely could help make people like more productive um, and like help, you know, like do things a little more efficiently. But right now, there's a lot of limitations. I just think what's fascinating is just like, if we kind of exponentially grow at this rate, like what kind of AI will we have in the future?
0: It will be nuts. I also kind of think like Siri is basically AI, right?
1: Yeah, like that's just like a lower, lower level kind yeah. of AI. Yeah.
0: So, so it'll be interesting how that just you know it'll just get more integrated. You'll have your own little uh, like Siri will be just a real assistant, pretty much just hanging around.
1: Yeah, It's exactly. kind of already
0: is. So it'll be crazy when it gets really integrated. I'm sure Apple's working on that right now.
1: And then there's like all the like music AI. Like, have you seen like the Drake songs that are like being made with AI? Like that, all that stuff is just it's wild to me that like we even yeah. had like. We're able my to like make a program that can do that.
0: My favorite things are the president deep fakes.
1: Oh yeah, those are so funny.
0: So For anyone that doesn't know, deep fake is when they use the AI to basically imitate the voices of certain famous people. So you can just take you know hours and hours of their footage and record their voice and then they can basically put words in their mouth. And so they these have these guys on TikTok is where I watch it occasionally, and they're just like uh, Biden, Trump, and Clinton, George Bush, uh, whoever they want. Jordan Peterson just playing video games with each other, like in a group chat, and it's just hilarious yeah. watching them go back and forth, just like pretending to like make fun of each other.
1: Yeah, they'll be like playing Minecraft and just like it's like what it's just so weird because yeah. it feels so real. Like you can actually like hear their voice and everything.
0: It's So so funny to think about. Uh, what about specifically in the health world? Anything you've been researching re- recently?
1: Um, I've been doing a lot in like towards like, so I had like some knee pain. I oh, nice. So I have like flat feet. So I've been like looking into just like ways to, I've kind of like, it's been something I've been like dealing with over a year. Uh, basically, like anytime I would like squat, if mm-hmm. I do like kind of a heavy squat, I'd I'd feel some like knee pain the next day. Um, so I've just kind of like tendon research or just like kind of seeing what people say like you know exercises for like tendon the knees over toes guy I've been kind of like getting into him and doing some of his stuff um that's kind of like at the moment I would say kind of what I've been like kind of focused on um and like yeah I mean a lot of the stuff is just kind of like common sense like I've never focused on like doing exercises uh like for my tibs uh but like stuff like that like really helps so um yeah for me it's more mostly like just making sure I can like kind of keep it a routine what I'll do is like couple exercises uh feel good for like a week and then just kind of stop and then it'll come back like 2 weeks later. Um yeah, yeah. so yeah, I mean if you have any good resources on like, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean what have you been doing for your knee?
1: Um so yeah, like I've been doing like backwards walking. Uh I don't have a sled at my gym, but I, I that would be ideal like a, a sled. Yeah. Um like backward sled um and then I've been doing like tip raises. I have like a tip bar. So th- those are like the two big things. Um, I forget the exercise. I think it's like the polican step up, um, yeah. things like that. Those are mostly what I've been doing and that's helped a lot. Um, and then I'm just slowly instead of like what I would do in the past is something like that. And then my knee feels good. And then I just kind of mm-hmm. go back to like heavy squats and then it would just kind of not is it t- really tendinitis. Help. I feel like it's tendinitis. I don't really like, no, enough, but based off of everything I've kind of researched, I feel like yeah. it's probably patellar tendonitis or something. Yeah, you know, you can test dose. it
0: pretty evenly. Like, if you just press right on your patella, you'll feel it being sore generally. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much, it's pretty reliable to test for patellar tendonitis. I mean, typically, what you want to do with tendons is they do a lot of isometric loading. So, uh, I would recommend, I mean, there's a couple of takes approaches you can take. Number one is, you know, aligning force through the joint. So a lot of people, right, we all have this thing called the carrying angle for the arms, which is where you're if you No one's arm sits like this on their side, right? They all come out this kind of angle. So you, oh, uh, the same thing with your knee, a little bit less so, but figuring it out. So most people will do a leg extension sitting out, like out to the side and their knees need to be, they need to rotate their hips and straight so they can get in this thing. So a lot of people will generate knee pain. I think a lot of times from leg extensions, more so than squats, it just kind of shows up in squats. That's, um so you can either do it one legged or kind of align it better uh looking at your squat form obviously a lot like, it's not necessarily the form a lot of times it's set up so you have flat feet so you might be better off i don't know what kind of squats you're doing but you know putting a heel elevation in so squat shoes some of that
1: yeah i've definitely looked at the heel elevation and i, I noticed a big difference like the past couple months like just putting like a plate underneath mm-hmm. my heels um and so, yeah, that, that's definitely helped a lot.
0: The issue with the plate sometimes, and it can be a useful solution, is that so you, your foot needs something to collapse into to pronate. So, oh, when you take away really the reference of the ground, um, it kind of can tr- stop your foot from working. And yeah. when it has like a ramp or a squat shoe, it can press into it, which can be a pro and a con. Um, and then I do have I mean, knees over toes, guys, yeah, stuff he's popularized, some good exercise. I like the tip exercise, the calf work, I think is important too. I think doing hamstring curls. Um, especially, so basically you want to train the antagonistic muscle. So, you know, you take your rec fem and that's basically a rec fem is basically a, a hamstring curl upside down. Right. So doing uh seated and or lying hamstring curls, which you're, you know, getting the more shortened hamstring length and quad relatively. And then doing the opposite where he does like, you don't need to say, need to do the, I don't like the walking backwards so much just because it's not very loadable. And it's not very stable, yeah. which you guys, you could argue as a, a pro, but there's, you can do like a, basically a Bulgarian split squat, squat, or even better put your, instead of having your foot in a pad, you can put your foot on like a platform behind you. And then you can even elevate your front foot. And so then you just lean back. So you're kind of doing like a one leg um, Nordic or uh what's it called? One legged sissy squat kind of thing.
1: Yeah. That's actually, I could see that helping a lot, yeah. but yeah, definitely the hamstring curls too. Um, I didn't do a lot of whole, like a whole lot of hamstring exercise before, uh, like I would do like RDLs, uh, but I just mm-hmm. like added in doing like curl, like hamstring curls and that's definitely helped a lot too.
0: Yeah. And then just isometrics too. That's what they'll typically use for tendon training just because the, uh, I forget exactly why, but it's the, I think it has something to do with, um, the 20 second. I, I mean, you don't have to necessarily do 20 seconds. Um, the. Oh, what well, they think it is that because the isometric training isn't having a contractile effect on the muscle, you know moving the tissue that the joint actually or the tendon itself has to do a lot more work to maintain that tension um which I think like is one of the theories- or
1: something like that, basically is that. Oh,
0: you could do a wall sit, but you could also just, instead of, you know, um, holding a leg extension, right, at the top, gotcha, or yeah. same thing with a hamstring curl, or, like, the sissy squat, just spend more time in that those lengthened positions. That's basically what the knees over toes philosophy is, right? He's just trying to progressively overload positions yeah. and use different ways to do that. Yeah, yeah body but mechanics I mean,
1: is fun. I'd say generally, though, like, my knee pain's, like, down so much from just nice. adding that. I also got some, like, those wide foot shoes, too, and... I could just tell my feet like started to spread out more. I felt like they were crunched in normal, like mm-hmm. just Nikes. Um, so those shoes have also helped too.
0: What shoes did you get?
1: Uh, I had like the, I think it's Vivo Barefoot. Nice. Uh, I I bought those for like workout shoes. And then there's another brand I found on Amazon. That's just, I don't even remember the name of it, but they're just like wide foot uh, shoes that they're a little more stylish. Like they kind of look like mm-hmm. bands. Um, nice. And so you can't really, you don't really look as weird, like wearing them. Uh, but uh, to send me
0: those. I got it. I'm always looking for some new shoes. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely uh, check them out. They're I definitely feel like you, it takes a little bit to get used to because the bottoms just completely flat. So yeah. like if you're walking a lot, you might want to like just kind of ease into them. But uh, I definitely just feel like a way my feet just feel way better. And like if you like look at my feet now, I wish I took like a before and after. Like they've just slightly spread out a little bit more. You can tell they're not like being crunched.
0: And for those of you that don't want to, you know, give the Extra mile and wearing barefoot shoes, if you just spend some more time barefoot, you can see a huge difference just in your house. Just don't wear socks, just walk around barefoot, keep your floors clean, yeah, definitely <laughs> um cool, so what are your best tools and strategies for going around about the learning
1: process um so yeah, definitely would say like if i'm if there's something like I want to get interested in, like kind of like first principles philosophy where like first I'm just gonna like look at like the basic core fundamentals mm-hmm. of it um, and then, you know, kind of move on from there. Uh, that's definitely something where like I, I've i definitely learned that now versus like in the past, like nutrition, I remember, you know, just not really even having like an understanding of like, okay, what are micronutrients? Like I, I knew what vitamin C was, but didn't really know like where it fell as far as like what are micronutrients and then how do they impact the body? But if I was going to take that approach now, I would go, okay, like, what are the elements in the body? Like we have like carbs, fats, proteins, like what are those made up of? And then like, you'd see like, okay, you have all these micronutrients, minerals, amino acids, um, and then like fatty acids. And then like looking at those, just kind of getting like a brief understanding of like the overview before you kind of dive deep into like the specifics, I think is huge. Cause yeah. it just gives you more context. Uh, and then you can make connections easier Um, and I think I've heard you mention this in the past, like, I'm definitely not a guy who's like trying to memorize everything. Um, but like definitely just kind of seeing those things. And then like later on, you can make those connections. Um, like just having seen that you don't necessarily need to like focus on memorizing every specific like nutrient or, Mm -hmm. or like different process in the body, but just kind of having like a understanding of like the whole system first before you like dive deep.
0: For sure. I think that's a great way to. Look at that. How did you describe that principle first?
1: Uh, first principles. First I principle. feel like, yeah. So you just kind of looking at things like the first, like the first principles of it. Like, um, like, so yeah, if you like want to like lose weight, like look at it as like, okay, you need to be in a calorie deficit and like, there's a million ways to get there. There's a million ways to kind of manipulate that. Like, but like the first principle is like, you need to be in a calorie deficit. So 100%. that's where you start first. And then you just kind of move on. Uh, and then you like, you know, as you get deeper, like, oh, wow, like this micronutrient, I might be deficient in if I kind of fix that deficiency that helps me like increase my metabolism a little bit. That might help you be like support weight loss better. Things like that will like, will be down the line. But if you don't have that, like first understanding, um, then it's just going to be kind of hard to like make those same connections.
0: Yeah. That's why I really look for people that have a background in some kind of and you don't necessarily need to go to school for it. Um, I luckily got schooled in some chemistry and looked forward to diving back into more soon, um, whenever I have some time for that, but uh, just because you have this underlying principle of how all these things react in the, not necessarily in the body because you maybe didn't take biochem or whatever, but just how, you know, it's basically physics of chemicals, which adds up, which is basically, I mean, chemistry is basically nutrition. It's just on a different level. So, uh, yeah, having that first principle and it's in, in some ways it's very much so like, you know, if you say, oh, this food is good for me because of X chemical, X nutrient, apogenins in parsley, whatever, then you have to work your way backwards versus the way you're the principle. First, first principle is you're starting here and the only way is up versus trying to digress or regress.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like just that's like a good approach um, to take it. it, Like a lot of times I feel like you kind of find yourself like already at the start, like like having to work your way backwards. So like sometimes I'll just be like, put that on pause. I'm going to go like try to just figure out like the Mm -hmm. general thing first and then come back to that. For sure. Yeah.
0: And the things that you have, like, I try again, try not to memorize things, as you said, but the things that you review enough and talk about enough, you'll just memorize without intentionally doing them. My sister right now is in PT school and she has to memorize all the insertions and origins and like the nerve innervations. Yeah. And <laughs> at some point, I had a good amount of those probably memorized. I just, um, But dude, I've lost all of it because it's just, it's not you, I know, give or take where it is. And then I can just Google it and ask ChatGPT, like, draw draw me a picture. (laughs) And then as long as you can Google it, it doesn't really make sense. Like, you don't need to memorize it. It's the comprehension that really matters.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you could spend your time memorizing it, but then like you said, you go through it and you memorize it and then you're going to kind of forget it anyway. We only have so much like bandwidth that we can like use.
0: It's kind of like a ram you only have so much ram
1: yeah exactly so a lot um, of
0: memory storage but useful memory um what have been the biggest rocks for improving your own health
1: i would say definitely like eating more for so for me like improving my own health kind of comes down to like gaining weight because that was like a big health goal of mine uh and then just like feeling better i guess throughout the day and you know Mm -hmm. just like optimizing my like nutrient intake so eating more has definitely always been like kind of a struggle until like, that's, I that's probably why I'm big on like kind of counting your macros or at least getting like a really good uh, understanding of that is because that's kind of what I use to really like help propel me into being able to eat more is like seeing it every day. Like you had to have that accountability. Yeah. So that, that was huge for me. Um, and just like kind of just forcing myself to just get used to eating more if I wanted to grow. Um, and then, yeah, just like looking at, the food I eat from the kind of thermo diet perspective of like micronutrients. So like, instead of just thinking like, oh, this is a banana, it's healthy. It's like, this is a banana, it contains potassium, it contains these B vitamins, it contains like uh, these sugars, like that's what I'm eating it for. Instead of just like, it's healthy or not healthy, because you could just argue all day, depending on the person or the context that something's healthy or not healthy. So really, yeah, like, you know, just looking at it for from like the micronutrient perspective and then how it fits into the rest of your diet too. Like if you're already good on like certain micronutrients, like you're probably better off focusing on other foods to hit the other micronutrients than you are on just like Mm -hmm. eating more and more. Like, you know, like a fruititarian diet, it sounds great, but like you're probably depriving yourself of a lot of food you could get from say something like red meat. Um, And so it's like, instead of adding more fruit into your diet, why not just add a little bit of red meat or like maybe a little liver, like that's going to have such more benefit than just more fruit.
0: I saw someone talking about, uh, he's like a mainstream nutritionist. I won't name names, but he, he was, they're doing overrated or underrated. And they're talking about organ meats and they're like organ meats are overrated. And I was like, dude, how are you going to say that the most micronutrient dense food on the planet is overrated in any context? He was like, yeah, Oh, exactly. it, it stinks. It doesn't taste good. You can get the nutrients from somewhere else. Yeah. You can, if you eat 30
1: eggs, right. Or, you know, I can just eat one ounce of, liver and i'm good like on so many micronutrients so yeah that's where it's like the the context is what matters and yeah i feel like it's super easy to just say something like yeah it's overrated for Uh, sure because you know you never really know what the actual context is and yeah most people are they getting enough like vitamin a i mean i don't know so
0: don't do not know it's also (laughs) one of those harder nutrients to tell a lot of nutrients really hard to tell honestly um unless, you know, you get to the extremes, because a lot of people, in my opinion, are operating with subclinical micronutrient deficiencies, which basically means is, you know, I'm sure that you're not dying, you're not on the operating table, they're not trying to figure out what's wrong with right. you, But you probably feel less good than you should, because you're not getting the right amounts of nutrients that you need. And it's also that, like you know, the RDA is kind of, it's a good system, I guess, in the aspect that, you know, it's our best, it's the same as our supplements. Our supplements are, we think this is the best guess that will work for the most people to correct blank issue. The RDA is, we think that this nutrient requirement is for the majority of people for the, what is it, uh, you said it before, the statistical.
1: Like standard deviation st- or what? Yeah,
0: for the standard deviation of of people will hit their requirement of this nutrient at this but they also don't account for weight height activity level so there's a lot of missing nuance in that but
1: and it's also like okay like you need 100 milligrams of vitamin c a day to not get scurvy so like that's the you know like that's the bare minimum and Mm -hmm. then yeah it's it's kind of wild just because there there is even then like someone might in a certain state like they might need like five times as much as that to, to not get scurvy. Like you don't, you like, we don't really have the context. It's Mm -hmm. like you said, it's just kind of like our best guess. Um, and yeah, a lot of them are just to like avoid getting the nutrient inadequacies or deficiencies. Um, so like you, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to benefit from having, or you're probably going to benefit from having like more than that to like help optimize certain processes in the body. And like say you're working out of your stress, like, okay, probably need more minerals. Like it's just like something we already know, but if you just go off the RDA, you're not really going to probably be (laughs) hitting that. And then you might be like in a suboptimal state. Um, and then, yeah, the mainstream like take on like kind of what healthy is like we were talking about earlier would probably be okay. Yeah. You're healthy. Like you don't have any diseases, but it's like, you might not be feeling as great as you could be. So I don't know. To me, I'm just like, I want to feel great. So I'm just going to focus on that. And that just kind of always leads back to eat nutrient dense foods.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel less good than they should, or a lot of people think they're healthy and aren't really healthy. So that's another whole topic we could go into, but uh, I wanted to uh, pick your brain and, you know, you can give me some help with, uh, what are your best practices for dealing with compliance?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely tricky because like supplements are just in such a, a weird space because gray area for sure. Yeah. And it's even more tricky because there's a lot of really good research on supplements and certain things that we can't really talk about because, like, the way the FDA regulates uh, drugs is like really like the scrutiny, like, they do a lot of scrutiny with like the different like tests and everything that they do and like different studies. Uh, and supplements aren't as regulated, which doesn't mean they're bad, but the FDA is just not going to let you say, you know, something that like a a supplement can do something that a drug does, which is like, you know, fix, cure, prevent, help any diseases mm-hmm. or abnormal conditions. So basically supplements can only help support like your normal health. Um, so it's definitely hard because there, there's all these like different, like, I feel like I'm always learning more and more about like the like regulatory situation of like compliance and like how supplements fall into that. But yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, I I always just kind of take it from the perspective of like We obviously can't give any like medical advice or anything like that, but um, pointing people and if they're looking for like help with say supporting their testosterone, like, you know, pointing them towards like Testro X, for example, would probably be the product they would be interested in. And the kind of explaining to them, like how it works Mm -hmm. for like, it's got vitamins, minerals, uh, and like different herbs that help to support healthy testosterone production. And we can talk about like how the ingredients like work in the body. We just can't really, you know, make any claims or like, Say that they're intended to, you know, treat or cure, prevent any like diseases or diagnosis or anything like that.
0: I always think it's interesting that you can have the same supplement and a drug. So it could be, let's say, vitamin C, and one went through a drug t- clinical trial, and because that person, uh, let's say, company w- went through a clinical trial and is selling this as a drug, they can make these health claims, but you and I are selling this as a supplement, dietary supplement, and cannot make the same health claims. So the exact same thing can have the same effects, but you can make different claims based on the research that's been through. Always thought that was pretty interesting.
1: It's so wild. And if someone like goes up, like pulls up PubMed and like, say you start looking at studies for vitamin C, like a lot of, there's a lot of really good say studies on it, but um, a lot of them are, you know, no one's really going to pay for a study to see how something might I mean, there definitely are a lot out there, like studies on how like an ingredient might help support like an already healthy, you know, person. Um, Mm. But people will pay for studies on how like things can help support people that have like an issue or a condition. So there's like a lot of studies that already exist on like a bunch of different, you know, supplements like vitamins, minerals, herbs, and things like that. But a lot of them are all just like based on certain conditions. So it's just kind of funny because we like supplement companies can't market their supplements that way, even if they have like a study for it. Um, So yeah, it's this whole weird thing. Uh, It's like, it makes sense because you don't want supplement companies going out there just saying random made up stuff. But at the same time, it's like,
0: we have like good research. So (laughs) I mean, it's basically a consequence of people abusing supplements as they used to be called. And now they're just, I mean, you have to have the FDA because people used to just sell literally drugs as supplements without any, any regulation. Yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, What are your best tips for staying healthy and sane with remote work?
1: I would say definitely like windows. So I like, I have like three windows around me. Mm. I feel like that's huge. Um, Making sure I get some sunlight. I'm in Michigan. So like in the winter too, like by the time I'm done working, sometimes it's already like sunset or getting dark out. So just making sure you can get some sunlight during the day is really uh, good. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, definitely just having like, leaving the house, I feel like is big too. Like I'll just kind of go for a walk sometimes or like go to the gym or have an excuse to like go to a grocery store or something like that also helps to just make sure you're not like inside your house and not leaving for an entire week. Mm. Uh, I definitely don't like that feeling. (laughs) Um, And then another one uh, would be like a standing desk. I feel like Mm. that's just super nice um, because every once in a while, like just stand up and maybe I'll only stand for like 10, 15 minutes, but then I can just go sit back down. But it really like helps me just kind of like change my environment slightly. Um, but that's just big. I feel like yeah, sitting all day and not moving at all, like just sitting in the same position, probably not ideal.
0: Not great. Yeah, I'll add an, an addendum to that. If you can get a treadmill desk, that's huge.
1: Yeah, I was looking at those. Uh, like there's little things you can just like slide in right under a standing desk to make it yeah. a treadmill. Yeah, that, I was thinking about getting one of those. It'd be kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it'd be pretty cool just to get some, some motion Motion is lotion, as they say.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Um, Last couple
0: of questions. What is your dream supplement or any supplements you'd like to see formulated at Umzu?
1: Um, So, I mean, creatine, I think that would be awesome. I think everybody wants a creatine supplement. So it's probably only a matter of time, but um, that would definitely be awesome. Uh, Some other things probably that would be cool. I think uh, for me, like I like kind of playing around with like herbs like rhodiola bacopa things like that like just you know like different like adaptogen herbs mm-hmm. uh, i think like some single ingredient products like we already have like micuna and things like that um to kind of go along with that would be cool uh, especially like it allow customers to like kind of stack it with other products too yeah. so stuff like that would be cool because i i just like playing around with herbs like that and just to you know take it for a couple of weeks and see if i notice anything
0: well, I think that's about all the
1: questions I've got. Is there anything you want to ask me? No, man. I think it was awesome. I uh, appreciate you having me on the podcast.
0: Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. It was a great time. Um, where can everyone find you?
1: Um, so you can find me on uh, Twitter at Matt, and then it's H A Y E Z is the tag. It's probably the only place that you probably want to find me on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, th- thanks for coming on, Matt, and thanks everyone for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Thermodiet Podcast. Till next time, guys. Be good.